Welcome to the Motoring Podcast, your weekly discussion of motoring news. This is episode 445 on Tuesday, the 21st of December, 2021. Hello, I'm Alan. Hello, I'm Andrew. And this week we're talking about the rules that were to change, but didn't change, but now have changed. And we are also very sad to hear of one retirement. And we learned that we made a lot of shows in 2021. Yes. But first, we have just a smidgen of follow-up, and this is more of an awareness thing. And thank you to at Vroom101 for bringing this to our attention. But the towing <laughs> the towing rules have now actually finally changed, uh-huh. as from the 16th of December 2021. There is a link in the show notes. I am not going to run through what it was before to what has changed now because there's many permutations depending on when you passed your test and all the rest of it. So please click through on the link in the show notes to find out what the rules are applicable to you now. And this was one of these fantastic things which was just not announced, by the way. Got nothing anywhere. I get all sorts of DVLA and VOSA announcements. But, but this one nothing nothing at all until after it had happened yeah so well done everyone just quickly there was going to come out on the follow-up from last week's story about speaking of not announcing uh a story about dvla and the scammers thank you to all of you and there were many of you it's one of our most commented on stories for a while who pointed out that if anybody gets in touch with you about anything to do with DVLA services, <laughs> chances are it's not the DVLA. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, to treat that with suspicion. Congratulations to the person who received his V5 today. Yes. Um, and yes, it seems others are, are still struggling uh, with DVLA customer service. So if they get in touch, probably a scammer. <laughs> Quite. Right, moving on to the next story, which involves not being told anything until it's happened. Ah, once again, yeah. Plug-in car grant, the grant you get for EVs, was reduced. The reduction was announced the morning it happened. It was happening at 7am, and the announcement came out at about 7am that the plug-in car grant, uh, which previously was £2,500, has been reduced to £1,500 as of 7am on the 15th of December. Other thing to note, not just that that uh, has been reduced by £1,000, but the maximum price of a qualifying electric car has also been reduced. Now, previously it was £35,000, now it's £32,000. Obviously, many manufacturers had made special versions are decontented and shuggled the price down to just under £35,000 on cars. And then all of a sudden, only a few months later, because that was in August, wasn't it? Mm. Only a few months later, it's just slashed, effective immediately. Brilliant. Great. Also worth mentioning that the plug-in van grant has also dropped. Uh, it's now £2,500 for vans under five, two and a half tonnes, £5,000 for vans between two and a half and five tonnes. Now, it was March, by the way, that it was previously cut. So that's that's nine months. Nine months ago, it was cut to £2,500, which was a cut of £500. And then there was a massive, at the same time, there was a massive drop in the qualifying prices. So lots and lots and lots of vehicles have suddenly become, or certainly of EVs, have suddenly become significantly more expensive. Yeah, there's going to be a link in the show notes from a yes or... Well, there's the Motoring Research article which explains all this, um, but then there Mm -hmm. will be a yes auto article which lists, as of the time of recording, all the EVs that are no longer applicable for the grant However, we do know some manufacturers are changing their prices as things happen. Uh, mm-hmm. I think Vauxhall have already reduced the price of the Corsa, the e-Corsa, to come in under the 32000 So uh, I expect more to change, uh, particularly the Stellantis group, because they'd only just brought out the Berlingo and the Rifter EV mm-hmm. versions. So I would imagine they will do something to get that one model under there. Yeah. So just keep an eye on uh, on that. What you tend to find is now it depends where where you are. N- not an entire model is below the range. It depends very much where you are in the spec line. Mm. For example, the Mini Electric that I drove relatively recently and that we chatted about not so long ago on the BMW Special Edition, 
the level three and the collection and shadow edition models. So I drove a shadow edition model uh, are now past that. Uh, so they've just hopped up in price by two and a half thousand pounds. You can only get the grant on the lower spec, uh, lower spec models. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take us to London and a bit of good news when it comes it to is, the congestion charge. It is good news, Andrew. Now, the first bit of this came out before you need to be uh, appreciate this came out before the full extent of the Omicron variant was known and the effects it was having in the London population. But Sadiq Khan had stated that the congestion charge would not apply between Christmas Day and January the 3rd to help support families and visitors over the festive period. It was being seen very much as a boost for the West End over this time. So this is a very much a short-term exemption, which we can all be grateful for and is a good thing because at the same time they're expecting uh, closures. This is before trains having reduced service due to people being off sick, but this was down to engineering works and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. However, even more good news moving forward if further into 2022 is from February the 21st, the charge will revert back to 7am to 6pm instead of it being extended up to 10pm is which what it has yeah. been. Yes, so that's a bit more manageable. It's not being completely removed at the weekends. At the weekends, it will still operate from 12 midday to 6 p.m. So, in other words, if you want to drive into the congestion zone, do it before lunchtime and then leave again after 6 o'clock, which is that's pretty good because actually that period is the busy time on Saturdays and Sundays. So, you know, the idea is that, that people can get into London, do their stuff, hang around a little while, I suppose, <laughs> uh, before before heading home makes a significant difference i think i think that generally it's it's a good thing mm-hmm. do you want to take us to some suppliers that are going to help niche manufacturers yeah so there's two companies are joining together set up a partnership aimed at providing expertise and hardware to some of britain's niche vehicle manufacturers obviously in the uk we are particularly good at sort of men in sheds and building <laughs> low volume oh we are it's just what we're good at being Tinkerers, inventors. Specialist engineering and manufacturing, I think is the mm. terminology you're looking for there rather yeah, than men in like sheds. Yeah, something like that. It often it is men in sheds, though. Come on, let's be completely frank. Just the scale of the sheds varies a little bit. <laughs> but but that's it. So, um, so, yes, WEVC and Equipmake have gathered together to come up with a couple of things. First of all, they are, have come up with a lightweight, flexible architecture for low-volume EVs, and it's called PACES, which is Passenger and Commercial Vehicle EV Skateboard. Gosh, I have an absolute loathing of acronyms or words which then become acronyms, and it's all very uncomfortable. But never mind. Never mind. There we go. PACES it is. Uh, And they're aiming to build a low-volume sports coupe uh, next year to prove its effectiveness and then going to go on sale. They're not intending on being a manufacturer themselves. The idea is very much to to be a, a sort of a, a supplier to smaller manufacturers who can then tweak the the platform as they need, really, be it for whatever purpose that you're going to put it to. If you recognize uh, some of the names, that's because WEVC is working with Eulis, as we discussed the other week, to design and build the complete powertrain for the electric uh, London double-decker bus. Mm-hmm. It's entering trials very soon. Very interesting tie-up there between one company that's very good at, at building platforms, uh, adaptive platforms, and another one that's got all the ex- expertise in the drivetrain. Uh, makes lots of sense. Yep. Join the two sheds together. I like that a lot. I like, I like yes. that collaboration. It's good. And it's going to help, like you say, the smaller niche manufacturers out there that uh, are mm-hmm. making anything from two to 50 vehicles a year. It's going to help them exactly. out enormously because it's going to take that headache away from things. Yeah, and there's, there's economies of scale, shared parts, someone who's actually out there that can buy, you can buy the, the sort of tweakable drivetrain components. Yeah, and and someone more importantly who can uh, who is there as backup for servicing and looking after uh, in the future, which is important. Absolutely that. Yeah, vital stuff. Meanwhile, at the other end of the scale, though, 
Yes. Volvo and Northvolt. Yeah, if we go to near Gothenburg, there is going to be a uh, massive EV battery factory and research and development centre between Volvo and Northvolt, and it's costing in the region of £2.5 billion worth of investment. There are a couple of reasons why uh, Volvo want to bring their EV battery development in-house. Some of it is to do with how they wish to control uh, and understand the environmental impact of their own batteries. And uh, by manufacturing it in their own plants, they can minimise what effect that has and therefore the offsetting they need to do elsewhere throughout the production cycle mm-hmm. and with uh, over the life cycle of their vehicle as well. Um, but the other thing as well is just actually maintaining the the sort of the IP and the being able to to handle this and build them specifically for their vehicles I, I think that the, the another aspect leading into this which is, is something obviously that we're seeing quite a lot and we're talking about quite a lot at the minute is also having this sort of vertical integration of supply chain mm. I mean we've been speaking so much are we going to speak in a, in two stories time about chip shortages and stuff I bet you this kind of thing is a knock-on from that as well. They're going to be such vital components that really people want to be aligning that supply chain, much like all these companies have made their own engines and not just relied on someone else building their engines for them on the other side of the world. It's analogous to that. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, it's going to be interesting what they do because obviously they'll be working with Polestar, if it's Volvo, mm-hmm. and in Gothenburg. So... It makes a lot of sense on a lot of levels, as you say, for controlling, having some supply chain security as, as much as anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Again, this is the sort of thing I like to see personally, uh, and I hope more manufacturers, I know, well, you know more manufacturers are trying to go that way, but it's how quickly they can make that happen will be key uh, moving forward. It's got to tie in with model cycles and stuff. Yeah. As much as anything. Uh, so if they've only just launched a, a range of EVs, you can bet it's going to be five to seven years down the line. Uh, in many cases, we've seen Volvo with Polestar a little bit ahead and some of the other EV work that they've been doing and some of the other EV work from within the Geely Group yeah. uh, will have fed into this decision. So they do have that, that slight jump on others. I think we've seen that over the last few years. Yep. Do you want to take us to Germany and some... Uh, news that actually made me sob, uh, I have to say. I didn't quite sob, but I was like, oh, oh no. It's, it's that uh, uh, the... Uh, I've forgotten his exact job title. I'm very nervous with Hyundai R&D job title. Job titles after being quite badly told off. Uh, by well, I think we can point. happily say God of making front-wheel drive vehicles handle brilliantly. Yes, yes. So head of so head of Hyundai's R and D division, Albert Biermann, uh, is retiring um, after more than thirty years in the motor industry, most of which was spent at BMW, when of course he was head of the M division in the time that he was in charge. Uh, then such cars as the E46 M3, E39 M5, probably two of the, the sort of pinnacle of rear-wheel drive performance BMWs were launched uh, by his hand. Of course, then he went joined Hyundai and developed cars like Kia Stinger, as well as the i30N, which I think is the one that he, the Hyundai he's most known for, and the i20N as well. So yes, he's going to continue as an executive. It's a fantastic title. It's executive technical advisor for the company, advising on electrified performance cars. A chap called Chung Cook Park has been appointed as the new head of the R and D division uh, in his place. But yeah, this is this is this seems to be a a, a mutual thing, and he's just decided it's it's kind of time to retire. Mm. If you want to hear more from him thoughts from Beerman. Then, of course, I chatted to him, uh, along with some others, at uh, the Nürburgring 24 hours in 20... What year are we in now? So it must be 2019, COVID minus one. There'll be a link in the show notes, I'm sure, to that special edition. Yep. As well. But no, uh, nice chap. Engineers and fantastic cars. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely did. I'm going to take us to Toyota and Japan. And they have been hit again by um, what they're saying is 
the COVID-related uh, issues where the suppliers just can't make the parts because they have got reduced staff thanks to COVID, which again, I think we can tie a lot into uh, semiconductor chips. Um, that will be one of the main components that's been hit by this, as as we know. But their Land Cruiser and Lexus production is now going to have the stoppage of that extended. It just goes to show how how much we are still, as an industry, how much we are still beholden to COVID and to the chip shortages. Yes, yes, absolutely. Toyota have been... Oh, they've said more about their thinking around what's happening about the, the chip shortages, and I think most... Most other manufacturers, yeah, I mean, they're reckoning that 2022 is going to be better uh, and going to improve significantly. I believe that they've kind of hedged ahead. But of course, if the, if the people they're buying from can't make stuff, then it has a knock-on effect on them. Yeah. Do you want to take us to a more cheery Toyota news? Well, yeah, we we skipped it last week because it came out last Tuesday morning yeah. at silly o'clock, actually. And then everybody was talking about it all day, and we really hadn't had a chance to, to even look at the story, to be honest. Uh, so we thought we'd wait. So this is we've waited a week. Toyota and Lexus unveiled, well, it's been described as an unveiling and a revealing of 15 new electric cars. Now, some of these we had seen before. And some of these are purely concepts. It is an amalgamation of what is going to happen. You you can tell by looking at some of the some of the pictures closely that some of these models are either about to come off the production line, struck very close to it, and others are more of an idea that they are working on. Well, yeah, the BZ4X. You know, the prices and, and kit levels for the UK have been have been released. Uh, they were released last Thursday. Right. Well, I'm guessing that's quite close to coming out then. So you yeah. know that that's that's pretty solid. Others, such as the Lexus RZ, which is the Lexus on the same platform by the looks of it, you know, very much on their way. Uh, some of the others, particularly some of the sort of commercial type platform uh, vehicles, they all look uh, ace. are a little bit further away. Well, some, the thing is, some of them we've seen before again. So the e-palette at the back on the side, mm-hmm. I mean, that was developed for the Tokyo Olympics. Yes. So we know about that. We also know about the small commercial one, the name of which escapes me. But if you want to find out more about that, then do just scan the QR code on the front. <laughs> so some of those ones we've, we've seen before. But there was some some absolutely new stuff. The e- Cruiser? What's the little one that looks like a... Sh- the Compact Cruiser. Yes, the Compact Cruiser. The it looks one. like a Lego... Yeah, a Lego FJ Cruiser has got caught in the boil wash. Oh, that looks um, nice. It's fantastic, doesn't it look nice? <laughs> uh, it looks great. And it's sort of like, okay, concept, but you could see it being real. The oh, other they've big got proper one, wing mirrors on it. Well, that's normally a... Yeah, but those wing mirrors are part, such a part of the styling. You can't really even miss that off the... Uh, it missed that off the concept card, know, but, sadly. Oh, just please, please. I, mean, I like you your know, thinking. It, if, if Ford have come out with the Bronco, which looks amazing, hmm. and it's such a shame it isn't over here, but that yeah. is that is a similar, I think, similar emotional pull. Oh, massive emotional pull. If Toyota could manage that. Yeah. Yeah. And, if, you know, you look at it, you think, well, okay, what will that fit on? That might fit on a Yaris Cross type platform. Mm-hmm. You know, it might be perfectly possible. Now, the other one, which was a was a surprise, certainly a surprise to me, was the I don't have a list of all the names, which was silly of me. I should have made sure I had that to hand. It was the the mid engined sports car, the yellow one, the little tiny, the yellow one, little tiny mid engined sports car. Again, that's a surprise. Toyota for years have been saying, "Well, we're going to have three dedicated sports vehicles," and you look, you've got the Supra, the GR86, and the GR Yaris. So, oh, hang on a minute. Here's a fourth. There was never any space for the MR2. So I don't know quite what's going to happen with that and when we'll see it, if we'll see it at all. Mm. But lots of cool stuff. You've all seen the pictures by now because you listen to the motoring podcast, so you tend to keep vaguely on top of this stuff. What amazed me was some of the reaction to this. Is that the positive or the negative reaction, (laughs) Alan? What amazed me was the negative reaction, to be honest. Yes. And just... Many people have spent a long time saying, what is Toyota and Lexus doing? They are so behind the curve. They're not anywhere. They are not producing. They're not announcing, let alone producing any EVs. Great. They've got the hybrid, but they are 
and they're looking at hydrogen, so that's a non-starter. And there's been a lot of that said by many very vocal people. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And then they announced this. They announced 30 EVs by 2030, which is eight years away. And then some still go, it's disgusting how they've behaved. And you still go, what? It's disgusting how they're behaving. It's, and you think, but hang on a minute here. They did two generations of electric RAV4. The second of which was one of the first big orders for batteries from Tesla and the one that actually meant it could sort of develop its own car. And you reminded me By the way, by the way, the other the other manufacturer that did that, that was in there, that was buying batteries from Tesla and helping them in the early days, Mercedes-Benz, but people forget about that bit too. Yeah, because you, you reminded just, me of the, the shares that Toyota had in Tesla for a long time. Oh, for a long time. And then the, well, they've done part of that. They sold them the factory, didn't they? Mm-hmm. But Fremont was the Numi factory. It was a Toyota General Motors joint venture. That was the factory was owned by Toyota. I don't know what more Toyota and Lexus could have done. But, but it's not even just that. I mean, they've been developing battery cars for years and years and years. They've been running tests for years and years and years. They have built more electrified cars. And, and I can't back it up with numbers. I'm sorry. I haven't looked up the numbers. I haven't had a chance. But, but more electrified cars sold right around the world than I think just anyone else yeah but the, and, the thing that disappointed so, me about the this, vitriol the, the, was that they they the, the people yeah there is a bit of that um but is the people who were saying these things some of these people we we know and they're, they're intelligent people but they hadn't thought it through it was level one shouting mm-hmm. because Toyota have been, and I know we're fans of Toyota on this show because you particularly, and there is a drinking game for goodness sake. But because of it, I have I have been able to grow my appreciation and understanding of the company thanks to what you know and what you've helped share. But they have developed battery electric technology over twenty odd years whilst making money on those products. How many other people have done that? Any other company? Any other company made money on their battery electric products, particularly their first-gen stuff and all the rest of it, where they've been able to continue reinvesting it into the business and improving that tech, improving that tech, to the point where Toyota suddenly turns around and goes, right, we think we've got enough of a handle on this that we can produce 30 electric models in eight years. Everyone else is going, we'll have one or two, you know, and now you're seeing the scramble where people are going, oh, we'll put more and more, but they are compromised products. No, we don't know anymore. Now, some of these are very similar. Let's be, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's going to be a lot of very similar, same underpinnings, sharing of stuff. So, and some of them are really quite in the concept zone as opposed to the the real life zone, the the real life about to be built zone. So let's remember that. Mm-hmm. But as you say, using the general indicator, there are quite a few there actually with proper production, proper production wing mirrors, which might not normally. Oh yeah, there looks like a, a fair amount of affordable as well. I mean, like the yes. iGo X, that is going to be at the more affordable end of the range rather than the Lexus, where people are trying to claim it's going to replace well, the, the LFA. But the iGo X is the good. LFA. But I remember it's 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 one based similar to the iGo X. The iGo X itself is yes, sorry, yes, yes, currently yes, yes, currently yeah, yeah. Um, internal combustion engine only. It looks inspired by it and mm-hmm. all that sort of thing, and that sort yeah. of size. But yes, but they have looked at it and gone, "This is a realistic. This is a, a thing mm-hmm. we can do." Anyway, all we can do is see how they get on with it and and see what comes to fruition. I mean, hopefully, all of it, but. But they're Toyota. They they like Hyundai. You know, I say it about Toyota. I say it about Hyundai and Kia. They don't generally announce something unless they're pretty certain about it. Yeah, it's going to happen. So, yeah. and that's not mentioning the 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 QR code. If you want to know more about the QR code uh, on on the front of uh, on the front of the the, the smallest of the mobility solution style concepts, then um, then there'll be a link in the show notes. I think. Yeah. Not a Rick. Uh, yes, <laughs> tempting to what the real link should be. Um, so yes, it's it's there and it's uh, it'll be in the show. There'll be a link through to that in the show notes. Right, I think that's the end of the first part of the last show of the year. Yes, 
so yes, that means it's guilt minute. Quick break in the show, as always, where we ask for a tad of financial support to get lights on the hosting running. If you're the motion podcast worth small consideration every month, then you can become a patron. Different levels of patron include different levels of commitment from us to you, including being able to watch the show recorded live. We also have a small range of merchandise available from our website and Spring Store, from stickers to mugs and t-shirts. I had to post out stickers today. Well, actually, I was meant to post them out a few days ago. Sorry. Well, that's good. Thank you, whoever bought the stickers. <laughs> if you don't have any spare cash, and we completely understand, then you can help us by following for free from a podcast player to receive every show as they're released and by liking and rating the show in whatever way your podcast supplier lets you. If you've done all that, and some of you do, so thank you as always, then the last thing you can do is to recommend us to your friends or colleagues. Yes, and thank you everyone who has and does. Yes, you rock. Second half of the show, we're going to do something slightly different, partly because there's no new new car news, there's no motorsport, and so it would be a rather sad and lonely Anyone who think it's nearly Christmas, list of, the, list of the weekend, <laughs> and finally, I know, I know, I know, I know. So yes, what we wanted to do uh, is take a very quick look back at 2021. A very quick look back is, is a hint to my my colleague. <laughs> He's seen what I've typed. <laughs> I know, yeah. We've recorded 70 episodes this year. Yes. Well, this one is the 70th yep. of the year. That's not bad. I'm quite, like I'm quite impressed with that considering the year we've had. Just, you know, the, uh, the year, not not us specifically, but just the year. <laughs> well, us, specific, us specifically as well, yes. as the factor of it, yes. Um, so, yeah, so that's that's quite a lot. Is that our most in a year? I can't remember off the top of my head. I can't remember. It's not bad. We're it's not about far off that it. level. We seem to have, in the last three years or so, we've about that level. That's, that's where we hit the wall. <laughs> We had hoped to have recorded a podcast, a podcast by now, by the way, but for completely non-COVID reasons, uh, we ended up not being able to do that last week. Yep. So, um, so yeah, that's still to come. That will happen in at the start of 2022. We have. Yep. That's the plan. We're working on establishing dates and everything. Yes. Anyway, um, did we decide we were going to do this month by month in the end? Yes, I think so. Well, would you like to start with January? I th- start the year off fine. <clears throat> yes. Okay. Well, for a change, we will start a list off with convention. Like We don't like to do it with our car reviews, but we will with this. So in January, funnily enough, COVID was impacting the world then as well. Ah, sorry to bring it up, everyone. But it was really focusing on motorsport and particularly WRC because Monte Carlo was really in the balance of happening or not and it did happen in the end thankfully with no spectators were allowed and they had separated crews that worked on the car to crews that spoke to the press it was all very odd but they managed to make it happen and then more in motoring news um, Carlos Ghosn was still still quite prominent (laughs) as a news item mainly shouting with the loud hailer from safety in Lebanon at this point but Going back, and I'd forgotten about this, but Stellantis was approved to be a thing by its own shareholders and then launched on the stock market. It feels like that was longer ago than this year. Yeah. Uh, Particularly with this, the item we were talking about last week where Hmm. they've actually done their due diligence and now know what strategy they're going to have. That's even quicker than I thought it was going to happen. It was. (laughs) But Alan produced our first special edition of the year because you cheered us all up with the news that there was a new series of Salvage Hunters classic cars. And you spoke to a friend of the show, TV's Paul Cowland. And amazingly, occasionally, you've actually mentioned the show between the two of you over that episode. Yeah, it was quite a lot of nattering. <laughs> it was quite a lot of nattering. It's worth mentioning, by the way, if you've got Discovery Plus, then tomorrow, sometime this week, I think it is tomorrow, I think it's the day that this comes out, uh, Wednesday the 22nd, then uh, there's another five brand new ones appear on Discovery Plus each car getting a full show, so not two cars per show. Oh, nice, nice. Now, this is the countdown to the end. Yes. Yes. So anyway, yes, so that's coming up. That wasn't part of the plan, but I spotted that just before we started recording. Yeah. Oh, cool. I, I know it's happening early next year for us non-payers, mm. but what did happen in January is whilst uh, Volkswagen was trying to address their software issues, this was the first time 
that the chip shortage sort of really reared its head and made itself known as a prominent news item as well for the rest of the industry. But we rounded out the month with some good news because Nissan committed to the Sunderland plant, which was uh, really... In, in a month where we were looking for some good news, we were very happy to cling on to that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. To the edge of the iceberg. February then. Oh boy, is this only the second month? Uh, <laughs> February. Good news for JLR. They actually declared a pre-tax profit. Yay! They should be clinging on to that memory, I think. Uh, and then they also won copyright click, uh, copyright case against, yes, well, uh, Ineos. New car reg, reg figures, first ones of the year weren't great i think we've seen that repeated a number of times yes uh, yes lots of stuff uh come on states of the roads funding that is isn't available all sorts of other fun stuff uh, and also in february we learned more details about uh, carl scone's amazing escape from japan yes and uh, russian espionage on volvo which actually we spoke again last week uh, just you know Gosh, tales of daring do and adventure in the motoring world. I know. <laughs> Who knew it was so exciting? And there was me mm. thinking that a spreadsheet with it was painted red and green was exciting enough. It sort of outdoes Dieselgate and the, the German legal wranglings. <laughs> only just, only just. Mm. Right, so we, we stumbled our way into March, and this is where Clean Air Zone started to make themselves really known this year. Bristol had revealed theirs in February, uh, to much mocking. Um, this is after the government, even the government had turned around and gone, no, that's ridiculous. Go away and come <laughs> on with another plan. Uh, but Bath opened their much more sensible approach and Oxford City announced their plans as well, which was all around zero emission cars. I, I love the fact that nobody has said the Oxford ones are, sens- are a sensible approach. <laughs> but they, theirs was all about uh, if you had a zero emission vehicle, you wouldn't be charged. Anyone else would be. Mm-hmm. And the prices weren't that ridiculous, actually, uh, for it either. Again, if we look at new car registration figures, they're continuing the theme of not being great. We sadly had to say goodbye to Sabine Schmidt. Uh, unfortunately, she died uh, in her battle with cancer. Um, the semiconductor crisis carried on really biting the industry, uh, hitting mm, production massively. Kicking in by then. And that was shown in the new car registration figures. Although quite a lot of... Well, it wasn't, it wasn't showing. Everyone was going, look how much better the figures are this year than last year, when in... April 2020, nobody could actually buy a car anyway. <laughs> Not in our one-hour walk we were allowed that. <laughs> no, exactly. All the same, we went out, we decided we would add new, new car news to the show. April, wow, that long ago. So, yes, that, that's just, it's been, we haven't innovated that much this year. I think that's been our one, our single innovation. That and dumping Formula E, because just got sick of it to be perfectly honest yeah. the wrangling the silliness all the stuff that everybody's voicing about at formula one right at the minute to be perfectly yes. honest I, i've noticed the mirroring <laughs> f1's going the same way so uh so yeah that's that's been a bit been so the, the, those were the, the big show changes for the year and even then they weren't that that impressive or that big a couple of special editions. I had a chat to my pal chris pollitt about uh car and classic and also with dan prosser um, about the the intercooler, and it's good to see they've managed to kick on after talking to us about or talking to <laughs> you, and, and they've they've sort of made themselves all right in the industry. Yes, <laughs> crikey, as, as if they. <laughs> yes, no, they are awesome. Yes. It's just getting better and better. If you if you are interested in trying that, you can try the first month for free. This isn't meant all meant to be a, an advert, by the way. Uh, you can try the first month for free of the intercooler if you you can do it up from your mobile device yeah it's great it's cracking i'm really pleased with that as a as a subscription i I love the extra investment they've got as well and who's involved with (laughs) that because that's someone who is very much a car person good people yep so then we we move into uh may and we started out the month with the government making an absolute uh horlicks of the automated driving legislation announcement where a lot of people got confused that we were going to have self-driving cars on motorways when all they were talking about was automated lane-keeping assist systems at under 37 miles an hour in heavy traffic. Uh, but never mind, that didn't stop some people getting it all wrong. Um, this is the first mentioning of 
things not probably going as well for VW as Dice wanted because he stepped away from some of the boards of the uh, group companies um, that was announced. Alan got to drive some cars. Hmm. I had a lot at this time of year. And not only that, we talked about them. So uh, we had special editions for the BMW 440i uh, and the Ford Fiesta ST line. So that was nice to uh, to bring those into the show. Uh, petrol prices, mm. a theme. Again, there are some themes that run through the year, and this is the start of them beginning to rise and not changing from that rise for the rest of the year. So we started that one. Uh, again, another one that has run throughout the year is the theft of catalytic converters. Uh, and this was the start of that Toyota, I think, I think in it was either May or June announced that they would give free marking service to catalytic converters, so that if they were nicked, they would find them in the system, uh, and that would sort of break up the rings that were stealing them. Uh-huh. But I think the the being very selfish about this, the the high point for May was the fact that we celebrated our four hundredth episode with a special edition that we live-streamed on uh, on the YouTube channel. Uh, and thank you, everyone, who joined us uh, live then. Because <laughs> that was... I had great fun doing that show, uh, because we were very self-indulgent for just one show. <laughs> and that was awesome. Yeah, I, I, there's so much stuff in here that I had actually forgotten about. You know that. That's quite... Yeah. Anyway, June, uh, I'd managed a couple more special editions. Speaking to James Brown of Four Roads, uh, to talk about multi-channel car buying. Mm-hmm. So it's a little bit left field, but something that I felt was was interesting. And Well, you say about the innovation uh, of the show, and we didn't change that much. I think this was one of the steps that we did, is we, we did start yeah. to move into looking into and chatting to people who were not peripherally involved in the motor world, but wouldn't necessarily be the first on the headlines no. of, say, Auto Car or Auto Express or somewhere like that. Mm-hmm. You know, we were we were delving in below a little bit below the surface at stuff that we found interesting. Yeah, which is the whole idea of the special editions. I tend yeah. to work on the basis that if either of us find it interesting, there'll be some other shadow out there who'll find it interesting as well, and and that seems to be the case. And there seems to be more than one other shadow out there who do find them interesting, which is which is cracking. It, by the way, Alan is available for marketing if you need him out there. If if you would like to call your listeners Sados, please do get in touch with Alan. <laughs> yes, <laughs> Links will be to- explained at the end of the show. <laughs> yes, we'll be looking for advertising partners in 2022. So, uh, yes. Um, <laughs> uh, regulators uh, around Europe started flexing their muscles over emissions. France, uh, in particular, uh, from June. Uh, started to to really feel it, seeing that which has resulted pretty much in the death of the French hot hatch, uh, as it is. Um, I had a couple of Fords, another Ford Focus ST line, I think it was, mm-hmm. and another special edition. And June, finally, the government decided to mention something it was going to roll out in September, and all of a sudden, hey, come on, three months—that's that's not bad. That's not bad for this lot. That's really quick. That's this proactive. lot is really good. But the but, but the muttering about E10 continues, uh, despite the fact that other countries have had it for significantly longer. What else? Oh yes, classic retro modern mm-hmm. as well. Ian Robertson and Richard Dredge join me. Uh, we had a bit of a yak about the fantastic, the uh, fantastic magazine. Yep. Yeah. Cool uh, stuff. And uh, yeah, we finally gave up on Formula E. I'm surprised it was as late as June. It feels like longer ago. Yeah, I thought we'd given up yeah. earlier, but I did check back, uh, and no, it wasn't. Oh. It was June. Ah, never mind. What could have been? What could have been? So we go into July. VW, Dieselgate, our ever-present friend. And this time they were hit by a class action suit. They appealed against it, um, and but that's still rumbling through the courts. I got very jealous of Alan driving all these cars, so I begged and pleaded with Lexus, uh, and they eventually capitulated through the constant harassment uh, and allowed... What's good is it meant he could finally shut up about it, everyone. And I tried out the LC500H. Uh, <laughs> and I feel I deserve a medal because I managed to discuss the whole car and not spend two or three days' worth of podcast just talking about the looks of it. Um, so I think I did very well there. It's, you know, Scott, thank you so much for letting him just get it out of his system. I, <laughs> nobody appreciates it more than me. 
<laughs> yeah, but you weren't done with that. So you decided you were going to spend a whole day trying lots of cars. You went off to the SMMT test day and we discussed all that in an episode. <laughs> but uh, Hyundai had had enough of this. So they gave us both the same car to try at the same time and said, shut up, try that and then come back and then discuss your experiences, please. <laughs> so we did that Bye. with the uh, the new Tucson Hybrid. Now, this was the first time, well, really, that subscriptions came up. BMW had muttered it previously. Audi had muttered it previously. So we were at, me, we were at a talk by BMW at one point where, where this was muttered some years ago. Yeah, uh, but Mercedes really went for it and said, well, if you want proper steering, four-wheel steering, then you're going to have to pay a subscription and stuff. Funnily enough, car Twitter didn't react very well to that as you can imagine, and have continued to not react well to any company that says subscription. <laughs> so uh, I I think the jury is out on whether that is going to be a thing or not, because how, how vocal car Twitter is compared to how much the consumer just puts up with it and does it. Only time will tell. That's what it's going to come down to. The thing is that if it's a subscription, it's not included in the list price, and it means you can sneaky the stuff under that thirty-two thousand pounds. Yeah, you know these kind of things. We rounded out the month. Uh, You had another special edition because you tried out the Hyundai i twenty Premium. So I'm beginning to see where all these extra episodes came from now that we're listing them. Um, But yeah, August Carlos Ghosn continued to rumble on with him. Safely in Lebanon. In Lebanon, and then complaining that the French prosecutors didn't come and visit him to ask him questions. <laughs> yes. Just, it just, they kept on going. The French politicians were investigated. The folks who got him out and been, then been arrested were sentenced in Japan, all sorts of stuff like that. What else? On a more practical note, Google Maps announced it would be highlighting clean air zones, mm-hmm. which it is doing in the navigation. The government announced a hydrogen strategy, which completely missed out any form of transport. But hey, we have a transport minister these days who, who doesn't think we should have cars. So there we go. Yes. BlackBerry uh, uh, and its various operating systems had a couple of software issues, but it only affected 175 million cars, medical devices, and industrial applications. So not that big a piece of news there. No. Um, and last but not least, uh, another special edition where, funnily enough, I got to drive a Yaris. Yes. We suspended, suspended the drinking, the drinking game. game. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> we had to. <laughs> so then we uh, we stumbled into September after our holidays. And this is one that caught me by surprise, but the UN announced that finally nowhere on the planet was selling leaded petrol. Mm-hmm. Um, there was the, I think it was the Yemen was the last place that had a, that had a refinery that was making it and selling it, but that, that was shut. So that was good news. Um, then there was the chuckle at the apparent, uh, in inverted commas, fury at 90 mile an hour speed limits that have been introduced into much of Paris, which... I think if they were attained, and I we consulted with our French correspondent, if they were attained, then that would be an improvement on what you could typically do. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. In central Paris, definitely. Yeah. Yep. Talking of the special editions that, ta- that were looking at different aspects of the motoring world, you spoke to David Spickett of the car crowd to find out about uh, buying a share in or shares in classic cars uh, mm-hmm. and that sort of system and what you can expect from it. So that was a really interesting episode mm-hmm. I, it was nice by the way that one was a really nice one because i managed to catch up with dave later on at the nec classic car show mm-hmm. um and, and find out how they were getting on and stuff so that was that was nice to be able to have a after natter i know they were they had a twitter poll recently didn't they of mm-hmm. um particular cars to put, possibly look for look into for future investments so that was it's interesting the way that they're doing it, and they're going to have a. Um, they're going to have a. I think the cafe's open, is it, or was it about to open? It's not quite open yet, but it's pretty much there. Okay. Yeah, and that looks like it'll be an interesting place to go visit. Mm-hmm. You tried out the electric Lexus UX three hundred e, and you helped explain what it was all about and why Lexus were doing it at all. <laughs> I think we probably covered that already this episode. Yes. <laughs> yes. There was also in September, there was a a lot of shouting about a lack of lorry drivers. So the government decided they were going to help with that by shortening 
the process and testing of what should be required driver, which made us all feel rather nervous that they were not going to hit sort of safety standards that have been worked on over years and years. <laughs> yes, but were going to hit everything else. Yes, yeah. quite. <laughs> but, and this, this, was, this was interesting, we finally came, stumbled across a mobility app that might have might be, and Alan's still going to investigate this, might be mm. the magical mobility app that he has outlined, uh, and we are available for consultation, do not worry, uh, outlined uh, and expressed a desire for and explained exactly what he wants from it. But this was <laughs> with Toyota and uh, Derby University and college um, staff and students to try and work on a whole... Uh, trip system to uh, that somebody goes into one app and goes, I need to get from here to here. You will explain to me and tell me how and book for me all the modes of transport that would be best at this time on this day, etc. Hopefully we'll have a special edition out next year about that one because that that does sound fascinating and vital for us in the future. Mm-hmm. A little gentle note, but we managed to hit our six-year anniversary at the end of the month as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when we got to October, a merry-go-round at senior level, at, uh, senior level uh, auto manufacturers. Uh, McLaren got new board members. Neo pinched some designers. Fisker lured David King from Aston Martin so their cars could continue to look like Aston Martins, I imagine, uh, amongst others. I had a fun day with new Hyundai. Mm-hmm. And by this point in the year, we were all getting a little bit on the tense side. So I had a chat with uh, Christoph Spisons about mindfulness uh, at the wheels. So that's another special edition that we did then. You told us all about the Suzuki Ignis, which again is a little happy thing to keep us all happy. And uh, we actually missed a week when neither of us could get to decent internet. Mm. That just, the fact that we've included that, it always slightly amazes me that we we do manage to find time every Tuesday for this. Yeah, uh, that was remarkable that we couldn't. It just wasn't possible. Completely stumped. But November then, Andrew. Yeah, more and sharper rises of petrol prices. That continued to hurt the motorist. So that meant that the Chancellor in the autumn budget didn't do something he was never going to do anyway. Um, So that was fine. (laughs) (laughs) Ridiculous. (laughs) New car registration figures hadn't been great all year, but October was particularly grim and that was a lot to do with the chip shortage um uh-huh. uh, and just people just cannot get the parts to build the cars they want to hand out we've seen that throughout the whole year and we will continue to see it into next year as well um, when we cover these alan had the new honda hrv hybrid he managed to get it for a couple of days he likes some of the stuff a lot and he uh-huh. really didn't like some of the other stuff a lot. So he explained this all to us in a special edition, so you should go listen to that because I think that's a really important and interesting special edition because it helps show the reality of some of the driver assistance tech and what is technically approved and technically acceptable to insurers and the likes of NCAP and the regulations doesn't seem to be matching up with what is usable on the road for the rest of us. And that's something we have to address as an industry. I drove my 29-year-old Mercedes on exactly the same journey the other morning. Did you shout and scream at that too? I can tell you it was a significantly more pleasant experience. Mm -hmm. We also got to uh, see the charging design revealed by the government, where they managed to stretch iconic to hitherto unstretched proportions. Or shrink it. <laughs> shrink the idea of what an icon actually is. But it's just a dumb idea, but never mind. Yes. <laughs> uh, Dieselgate came back into the news with Volkswagen fighting investors over compensation. And also, and this is quite an important thing, ex-Continental CEO and CFO were under investigation by the regulators and authorities over their part in all of this as well. So... Uh, you weren't satisfied with only having a couple of days out this year trying different cars. You decided you'd have another day, you greedy person, you, Alan. I've realised where all my holiday days went, yes. 
So you tried out some BMWs and a Mini. We've got a special edition on that, and that sounded like a great day. But we round out the month with congratulating Alison Jones for being appointed as the first ever female president of SMMT. Uh, so that means that we finally, you'll be so glad to hear, I am, uh, have reached December. And uh, yeah, the, the newcomer registration figures continued to be as difficult to say nice things about as, any, as ever. There were serious changes at uh, Hyundai WRC team with Adamo out from, mm-hmm. from the top. Andrew got, got a special edition under his belt. Speaking to Per Mortensen from B Compass, Swiss company making natural fiber composites. Super clever stuff. Yeah. Really cool. Uh, and uh, yeah, Renault Zoe scored z- formerly a five star end cap car, all of a sudden became a zero star end cap car. And uh, yeah, we had a bit of a chat about that and wondered about whether or not the system is quite right uh, at the minute. When, when things like that can, can happen so suddenly. Yeah. So that was the year. There was a, a lot happened, a lot I forgot about until I went, went through it. Well, yeah. Yeah. Loads of reminders there for me as well. So, and that, uh, don't have a hand finally this week. Don't have a list of the week. Um, because we thought we would round up 20, <laughs> round up 2021 with the roundup of 2021. Yes. Um, before we do go though, Thank you, everyone. Uh, thanks to all the patrons who who give us that, that who give us some some financial support. That's phenomenally appreciated all the time. Uh, thanks to all of you who listen uh, as well. Uh, that makes it and, and and subscribe. Yep. I was going to say and hit the bell, but you don't do that with podcast players normally because that makes a huge difference difference thanks to the manufacturers the pr teams who worked with us and supported us uh that's been great um thanks to everyone who came on all our special editions uh, as well all the guests we've had yep. over the year and thanks also to our regular our regular backups uh, for one or other of us to, to alex grant and to rich gooding uh, for standing and giving up their time uh on the vague occasions uh that we we couldn't quite make it mm-hmm. uh one or other of us so that's us we will be back on the 4th of january for patrons uh we'll be recording our next news show um and that will of course come out on the 5th we're going to take a break over christmas we don't quite have any special editions lined up uh to release so it's going to be quiet from us for a couple of weeks We're going to try to have a lovely Christmas break. We really hope that you all have a lovely Christmas break. Yes. uh, To stay safe and uh, that we'll see you all in the new year. Thank you once again for making 2021, I was going to say a great year, but really I mean bearable. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) We got through it, I think is the way we can all say this, everyone. This is like group hug, group digital hug. We got through it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, no, thank you all uh, so very, very much. It really does matter. But, of course, uh, end of the year, last thing that I have to say is don't forget that between now and next week, you can give us any feedback, share your thoughts to the show at Motoring Podcast on Twitter and Instagram, on Facebook, and on the contact page of motoringpodcast.com, the hub of all our activities. Uh, Please remember you can support us financially via Patreon, and please leave a review and rating on Apple Podcasts or however your podcast app lets you do such a thing. Andrew, what's the best way to get in touch with you? Best way to get in touch with me is via Twitter. If you search for Crack Windscreen, you should find me there. And Alan, if people would like to get in touch with you personally, what's the best way for them to do that? Personally, uh, you can get in touch with me via Twitter, where I'm at AJP Bradley. That's B-R-A-D-L-E-Y. Say, we'll be back at the start of January in 2022. But until then, I've been Alan Bradley. I've been Andrew Clues. And safe motoring.